0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Michael Dykes, President and CEO of the International Dairy Foods Association. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with IDFA's Michael Dykes. Next. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. IDFA President and CEO Michael Dykes has a long history in the dairy industry. From milking cows on the family dairy farm in Kentucky to now working to lead the dairy industry through regulatory hurdles and legislative challenges. Despite the headwinds of the global economy, trade restrictions, and shipping, the USDA reports a record year for dairy export sales last year. Dykes hopes that trend We'll continue.
1: Remember, exports in dairy is a fairly new thing in the last 20 years or so. But the world needs protein. The U.S. has implemented new technology. We are fractionating milk. We're finding many valuable fractions in whey. Coming out of the cheese plants, we're seeing valuable fractions in milk. And we're seeing just a demand for uh, value-added products, our cheese uh, is doing quite well so last two years were record exports and not just in terms of, of of volume but also in terms of value 9.6 billion i think last year with about 2.5 million metric tons something like that jeff two years back to back a significant growth in, in exports
0: Recently, we had Brian Keel on this program with Farmers for Free Trade, and they were clearly uh, admonishing Congress and the Biden administration to get to the business of, of opening new markets and creating opportunities for farmers and ranchers. Is the dairy industry missing by not being at the negotiating table? Jeff,
1: there's no two ways about it. This administration needs to engage in traditional trade agreements. We know that the FTAs pay tremendous value, and we've seen up to 20% across the board increase increase exports to countries that have FTAs since the FTAs were negotiated. Trade is critical to the U.S. and critical to the U.S. dairy industry. And the tremendous demand for protein, and dairy has a halo effect around the world. It's nutritious. It's a a nutritious product in and of itself with 13 essential nutrients. So we need to be at the negotiating table. As you know, Jeff, these trade agreements, they take time to negotiate, to develop. Uh, Need to start with asking for trade promotion authority of Congress, and then they need to negotiate the trade agreements. And when we're not at the table, our competitors are at the table, and we're losing ground.
0: How much are Canada's dairy policies impacting the dairy industry from what was promised under the USMCA?
1: Well, we are getting very, very little of the dairy products in under the TRQ administration that the uh, Canadian government's put in place. And you know, Jeff, this all goes back to the, the strategy at the beginning of the USMCA negotiations with Canada. We never asked for an end to the Canadian supply management program. We thought that would probably be politically untenable for the Canadians. So we just asked for market access. They granted market access in the USMCA, and we're now uh, encouraging USTR to aggressively go after that and pursue that and let them manage their supply within Canada, but grant us the market access they agreed to. And they haven't done so thus far, and we're pleased that USTR has gone after them with another uh, consultation request and another panel formation.
0: So what are your hopes with Doug McCaleb and Alexis Taylor now on the job? Very
1: excited for both of them. uh, I've known Alexis since she was a staffer on the Hill working for the Iowa Congressman from Des Moines. Uh, I've known Doug McCaleb for over 20 years. Uh, Two outstanding individuals who know food and agriculture and who I'm excited uh, to have both of them in the spots. Two critical spots that need to be filled pleased to see them finally get filled and I look forward to working closely with both of them and I'm very optimistic about what they'll be able to do.
0: So let's turn the, the conversation toward domestic issues how important are government nutrition programs to the dairy industry and we're speaking of school lunches, WIC and other programs, how how much do they mean to the bottom line? Well
1: you know Jeff that's kind of a sore subject for me right now uh, I, I just got to tell you the U.S. Department of Agriculture has done two things and two proposed rules recently that just, they mystify me as to why. Let's start with school, uh, this proposed rule on school meals. They're offering up an alternative to eliminate flavored milk, regardless of fat, regardless of sugar content, from grade schools. Everything except the high schools. I, I just don't understand why they're offering such an alternative alternative they are also offering another alternative about sugar content uh, 10 grams of sugar per eight ounce container of milk uh our industry on average is around seven we're well within the limits uh it appears to us that they are trying to uh, and by one way or another eliminate flavored milk from schools uh it just mystifies me as why it also concerns me as to why because uh this is similar attacks that we saw to dairy uh, in the Obama administration with the same Secretary of Agriculture, the same Department of Agriculture, on the let's move and trying to come after dairy and school milk at that time. Uh, it's mystifying. On WIC, a similar situation is, is has come up. Uh, they are cutting uh, WIC uh, participants, WIC moms, Of which we have uh, a significant number of WIC moms on WIC today. We've got about six million uh, moms, infants, and children. uh, About 43% of the infants in the U.S. are on WIC, and they are proposing the Department of Agriculture, U.S. Department of Agriculture, is proposing cutting the milk options by about three gallons per month for a mom with two children under the age of five. I'm just mystified as to why they're doing that when the dietary guidelines are trying to encourage greater consumption and saying that only one in ten Americans are consuming the recommended three servings a day of dairy. We are not happy with these proposed changes, and uh, I just – I I don't know where this is coming from. In the Obama administration, we knew this was clearly coming from the White House. In this case – I don't know where
0: this is coming from. So, what about other dairy foods like cheese and yogurt? How do these programs address those?
1: Well, they're coming. They're coming after. Uh, they're they're highlighting three aspects: fat, sugar, and sodium. They're always coming after sh- sodium and cheese. Uh, we think we'll we you know we will be fond there. We we will uh, our industry will meet the requirements. Uh, they've got that tiered approach in the out years those get harder and harder to meet and sodium is critical for a food safety perspective in making cheese so we will comment on this uh, we hope that we can have some influence during the comment period to change to some of the thinking uh, we're pleased with some of the things they've done on the wick rule in terms of uh, container sizes and and broadening the container size options for yogurt uh, they're doing some good things. There's some good things in that rule. But uh, cutting milk, uh, three gallons per month for a WIC mom with two children under five, uh, taking flavored milk out of grade schools, uh, we are mystified uh, to both of those.
0: How about dietary guidelines for Americans? Is dairy receiving the credit uh, that it should for its health benefits?
1: Well, Clearly, we think that needs to be front and center. Uh, I think, fortunately, uh, they've recognized the difference in fat and the contributions of fat and also realize that cutting fat does not cut obesity. And that they're recognizing the nutritional value of dairy. So we are going to be working aggressively uh, as a united dairy industry, uh, which is one of the things that I think is important. We'll be working closely with the checkoff programs uh, for the facts and and, uh, all the nutritional information. We're working closely with the National Milk Producers Federation uh, all around the dietary guidelines to make sure that as a dairy industry collectively, we're getting... The uh, new committee members' uh, information relative to the health benefits of dairy, the 13 nu- essential nutrients, especially uh, three of the four most critical, uh, dairy provides. So we're going to be there aggressively pursuing that and making sure that dairy uh, maintains its rightful place in the dietary guidelines.
0: Here's a question with two uh, two edges to it: Does the dairy industry need new products to attract uh, greater consumption? Or is the key just in promotion and marketing?
1: I think innovation is a lifeblood of any industry, uh, Jeff. Uh, we need innovation. Uh, many many of our IDFA members are uh, coming forward with new innovative products. We look at the value-add products, the organic members of ours. We look at what our members are doing in the increased protein, reduced sugar, removed lactose, the lactose-free products. Our industry is innovating, uh, and that is the lifeblood of, of any of any industry. Uh, but we also need to make sure that the policies that are put forth are based on sound science, and not just coming after uh, flavored milk as a as an attack. Or again, I just I find it I find it unbelievable, but cutting uh, milk for wic moms and infants when fat is so critical to growing young children and uh, nervous tissue development. And also, uh, for many kids, uh, the main nutrition they receive is during school. So the school meals, the after school at home, we are going to be working aggressively to
0: make sure that the nutritional
1: value, the nutritional benefits of uh, dairy is front and center.
0: Legislation has been reintroduced here in the 118th Congress to protect farmers and ranchers from being caught in the corporate disclosure data for greenhouse gas emissions. How important is this for dairy farmers?
1: Well, dairy, as you well know, Jeff, uh, is involved, as is all of the production agriculture in this whole ESG deal. We want to see the U.S. maintain voluntary standards, uh, allow for the offsets. Uh, dairy farmers participate in the offset markets for carving credits. Uh, many of the uh, larger dairy operations are putting in anaerobic digesters, capturing the methane, uh, selling, selling the uh, carbon credits to the California low-carbon fuel standard. We want to see those things be able to continue. Our dairy industry is making tremendous strides in terms of sustainability. As a kid growing up milking cows 60 years ago, I think about the changes in the last 60 years in the dairy industry. Uh, Jeff, we are producing... Twice as much milk today as we were 60 years ago with half as many cows. That, to me, is a tremendous sustainability story. Uh, And our dairy industry is is, uh, leading the way. We are committed as an industry to being greenhouse gas neutral by 2050. And to produce a gallon of milk in the last decade, uh, 2008 to 17, 31% less water, 21% less land and 20% smaller carbon footprint. So dairy's there. Dairy's doing our part. We want to see the U.S. maintain the voluntary basis for this carbon climate
0: change uh, efforts. How is the lack of progress on immigration reform, the guest worker program, and H-2A affecting your industry?
1: Workforce is the number one issue for our industry, Jeff. Our IDFA members and uh, are down 10 to 20% in workforce. Uh, many of our members are operating uh, multiple facilities seven days a week, 365 days a year. Finding people to work all the shifts uh, has been uh, a, a huge, huge issue across our membership. We need immigration reform. We need a workforce for both producers and processors. And that's a point that I make frequently, Jeff. Yes, we need the workers on the farm, but if we have farm production without workforce in the processing side of things, that won't work. So we're going to need it across the board. We have been staunch supporters of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. As you know, we came close in the last Congress. Hopefully there's something we can do in this Congress. I think maybe the far left and the far right might combine in terms of closing the border and making something available so that the uh, immigrants that are here are legal and can work and contribute to society. I don't know that there has to be a whole path to citizenship. A new member of Congress we just did a meet and greet for the other day made an interesting point. That could be an individual decision as to what one wants to do there, but we need to get them to a situation so that they can be a part of the legal workforce for producers and processors.
0: Michael, talking about the farm bill, major row crop commodity organizations discussing the need to reform base acres and certainly reference prices, and that likely carries a pretty good price tag. So with regard to dairy and and milk prices, what does IDFA want to see in a new farm bill, especially with regard to dairy price reform?
1: Well, in terms of dairy, we have three priorities that have been approved by our board for the Farm Bill. And I'll start with uh, dairy pricing. We're working as an economic policy committee, uh, and we have just this past week approved across all five of our boards of directors, which are the five are uh, ice cream, milk, cheese, yogurt, and ingredients, which includes butters and powders and others. We've we've approved a, a uh, uh, an approach to increasing the make allowances to reflect the increased cost of production of dairy products since they were last done in 2008. Um, part of that issue is, requires data. Uh, USDA has typically hired Dr. Mark Stevenson from the University of Wisconsin to collect the data for processing facilities, and we, too, are hiring him again to update his most recent uh, uh, cost surveys. But for the Farm Bill, specifically on this, uh, I think we are aligned with the National Milk Producers Federation to go to the Farm Bill to ask for uh, all processing plants across the U.S. to mandatorily report their costs to USDA so that USDA can put, uh, update the make allowance provisions on some kind of routine periodic basis every couple of years or so so that we don't find ourselves here in another 15, 16-year period of time where we've not updated those. So that is one aspect of our farm bill priorities. Another one is uh, on pricing is the farm bill uh, approves, permits, forward price contracting on Class 2, 3, and 4, milk. But it, each year, each farm bill, it expires when the farm bill expires. So if we go a period of time when the farm bill is expired before it's renewed, then all of the price risk management programs are are on hold uh, and not available during that period. So we'd like to see that made permanent so that when we have laps between the farm bills, uh, those price me- price protection mechanisms are still maintained, still remain in place. And then the third priority that we have for the farm bill is we want to extend and expand the SNAP Healthy Food Milk Incentive Program. It's a program put in the 2018 farm bill authorized for 20 million, that basically doubles the purchasing power for SNAP participants. When they purchase a gallon of qualifying milk, uh, they get a dollar for dollar uh, match to purchase additional dairy products. We want to expand that. We'd like to see that uh, become uh, part of the uh, permanent mandatory uh, farm bill. Uh, We are in with the pilots that were initiated in the 2018 Farm Bill. During this year, 2023, we'd like to be in about what we plan to be in, about 12 states and probably over 300 stores to test the pilot. USDA is monitoring those pilots. They've granted uh, awards to Baylor Collaborative on Hunger to test some, and they've also awarded uh, contracts to Auburn University to test the concept in other states as well.
0: Opinion question uh, with regard to dairy price reform. Just how far apart are the different sides? Because this has been an ongoing debate.
1: Oh, it's been an ongoing debate for many, many years. Uh, In the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, Jeff, dairy was united going in uh we were one of the first issues resolved uh and we were not a part of the out every every time jeff you and others are reporting well the farm bill appears to be done except the following three things or the following two things and historically dairy's been amongst those in the 2018 farm bill we weren't among those and i hope we're not among those in the 2023 farm bill discussions i think we're much closer uh I haven't had anyone tell me, uh, that they don't think make allowances need to be changed. Uh, I haven't had any real criticism of our methodology because we're just proposing a, uh, a, a method, uh, and we put the data in and see where it takes us. Um, I think, the, I think the dairy industry is, uh, united that yes, something needs to be done. I think the question is about how do we do that? Uh, how do we get it so that it's, uh, done in the future? And, uh, do we need to do other things on the, uh, class one side of the equation? Uh, but I also think there's a recognition we, we need to go to USDA with a limited number of items, uh, that we ask them to work on. Secretary Vilsack has made it clear to us as an industry, come to me united and I'll work with you. If you guys can't figure out what you need, don't expect me to do it for you, is basically what his message was. We are meeting with the National Milk Producers Federation, uh, their leaderships, uh, meeting with IDFA leaders, um, many of our, some of our IDFA members are also members of National Milk. Uh, I'm optimistic. I will be pushing toward unity. I believe that's where we need to be. Uh, and I'm remain optimistic until convinced otherwise that, uh, we can emerge united with an approach to, uh, uh, re- make some reforms, modifications to the federal milk marking order.
0: Do you care to share a guess of how long before I's would be dotted and T's crossed?
1: I would think here shortly after March 13th, we're going to kind of know, uh, I think coming out of the meeting on March 13th, we're going to know, is there a path forward toward unity? Uh, and uh, I think both everyone in the dairy industry realizes we need to get moving and we need to take something USDA to begin a federal order hearing. Around make allowances for sure, and that could be probably eighteen to twenty-four months uh, process.
0: Jeff. Well, Michael Dykes, we want to thank you for taking time to spend uh, with us here on this edition of Open Mic. Great conversation about the uh, International Dairy Foods Association, Michael. This is Open Mic, and today you've got the last word.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk with you today. as, as I told you there in the interview, I'm proud of what we do in dairy. I'm um, proud of the accomplishments of our dairy industry. Uh, my final comment uh, would be a plea for unity. Uh, I, I just, as a kid growing up in Kentucky milking cows uh, 60 years ago, as a, a practicing veterinarian and a primarily dairy and swine uh, veterinary practice, I, I, I've seen the production agriculture from the beginning to the end. I've visited over 100 processing plants in my role as CEO of IDFA. I just think we are going to need to come together. Uh, uh, we're going to need to make sure that we are open to new ideas. We've got new leaders coming in with new ideas. We're going to be in a place where we value uh, uh, different perspectives, uh, and we're going to have to uh, realize that, uh, to a large extent, food's produced in red America, consumed in blue America, and we're going to need all Americans uh, as we enter a new Farm Bill debate, as we enter many of these policy areas around food and agriculture. Uh, and I just think uh, we need to be united. When we are united, uh, we will be much more effective, uh, and we need to unite across uh, uh, food, farming, and nutrition. And I think we can, I think we will, and I think we'll be better served as food and agriculture when
0: we can unite around these things uh, for our future. Our thanks to Michael Dykes, president and CEO of the International Dairy Foods Association. Our guest this week on Open Mic, AgriPulse Open Mic, is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop Insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dally.